You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast on this dour, drizzly, horrible Monday morning. And Diego Carlos is injured, possibly for the season. Um, a terrible start to the week, a terrible start to your Monday morning. Uh, I'm Dan Rowenson, joined this morning by Ashley Priest. Uh, straight away, Ashley, thoughts on, on the injury. We were hoping it wouldn't be quite as bad as everyone feared, yeah. but... Gerald coming out saying he was worried and stuff like that, and yeah, I think I think the the club account tweeted back stronger Diego Carlos on on Sunday night or Saturday as well, and you think mm, they did this about Ezra Concer, <laughs> and he was out for a long time as well. Um, we all thought maybe it'll be six weeks, nine weeks, something like that, but it's more like six months, nine months. Yeah, it's uh, very Villa, isn't it? Really, we had it with, <laughs> yeah. with Wesley, another Brazilian there, big money signing Wesley. He, he was just starting to show signs. Then he, he he snapped his um well he did his, did his knee didn't he and then mm. yeah Diego Carlos good home debut strong pre season really good signing you're looking at it and then yeah it's in stoppage time and being carried off the pitch and spoke to Gerard afterwards on Saturday he was very concerned and he had every right to be given the news you've just just heard as well so surgery and then yeah at least six months out minimum and then he's 29 now he's, he's hardly had any injuries in his career as well mm. um just typical. I'm thinking of like your Luke Nillises and stuff like that. The injuries we've had previously on new signings coming in. Um, devastated, mate. I really am. Because obviously it's a big area of concern for Gerard in the summer. He mm-hmm. highlighted that. And he bolstered the centre-back ranks. And I asked him about Diego on Friday, the day before the game. And very impressed with him over pre-season. Named a vice-captain. Had a big impact behind the scenes already. And um, mm-hmm. the Villa fans fan seen that on Saturday at the game. Very strong debut. And that happens. They're gutted for him. I really am. And yeah, lengthy spell on the sidelines now. He'll miss the World Cup should he have made the Brazil squad. I mean, I brought off the season and give his age as well. 29. Achilles as well. Such a tough injury to come back from. You need that mm. spring of pace over short distances and, and competing for headers and jumping back down. It's, it doesn't bode it's well. A big it's one. It, it, it's, it's, uh, me and Matt said on the podcast on Saturday after the game that you know, we're not doctors, but this kind of injury, if it is an Achilles, is, Achilles. is one of the worst injuries you, you can have yep. as a footballer. Um, there's a comment here from Rowan Mills, uh, just a fan, who said, I ruptured my Achilles last November, back to full fitness after eight, nine months. Now, Rowan, I don't want to disrespect you, but you don't, you're don't, you not a high-performance athlete like Diego Carlos and you don't have the access of places like Bodymore Heath. You'd hope with the, the, the special care that footballers get that it can be quicker than that, but uh, I did a, a little bit of research before this. Like I said, we're not doctors, so we don't know for sure, and we don't want to speculate on, on time away. Um, Hudson Ndoy had the same injury. Ryan Taylor had it at Newcastle going back a few years. Uh, that's 200-plus days they're out for, which is just over six months. Um, I believe I read somewhere, I think it might have been the sun, so take that with a pinch of salt, that the average recovery was 215 days out. A um, couple of months in a boot and crutches and stuff like that then back to walking a bit of light way. jogging running back to full fitness and match fitness it, it could be you might as well just write off the season like you said and if he does play a part this season that's an absolute bonus um, yeah. Santi Cazorla had it which led to further problems he was slightly older I think at the time uh, he had loads of infections and stuff and up to 10 surgeries so that it, it ruined him basically um, more positive one Axel Witzel had it most recently and he came back after just four months but I think that was seen as like a a freak basically to get back that quick you've you've got to you've got to write off six months for it basically so you know as a footballer if he's back playing football this season I think that's that's quite an achievement and 
you know, what, what kind of football it leaves him in afterwards. Like you said, he's 29 now. I don't know if he turns 30 in these next six to eight months to come back at, at that kind of age from this kind of injury. To spend 26 million on a player that might not be very good afterwards. It's just exactly it's, it's peak Villa, isn't it? We say it all the time. Peak Villa, classic Villa. These kind of things only seem to happen to us and it happens everywhere. But it is typical Villa. There's a comment here from Rob. He says, poor lad, moves his whole family to a new country, commits to learning a language, gets vice captain, yeah. looking to move career, club and country up to the next level and then dot, dot, dot. A six-month injury. Yeah, got in right. Uh, I don't know. I just feel horrible for him, and it's, it's. We'll talk about what it means for Villa in a sec, but it's just grim, isn't it? I don't even know. It what is, yeah, that. yeah. Very Villa. Lot I've said, and with being a centre back as well, a lot of physical demands at centre half, and you do fear for the future with Diego. You really do. Hopefully, he has some Ezra Kanter superpowers and gets, yeah. gets back soon. But rupturing your Achilles, snapping your Achilles tendon. No, I mean, it's the. Like, I'm. I'm not squeamish. I am a little bit into some things, but even the words rupture, snap, yeah. like it, it sounds horrible, doesn't it? It's not like a pull or a tear. It's rupturing if, something yeah. sounds vile. I don't know if anyone's seen the, seen the incident up close. I missed it with, with what was going on later on during my reports, mm-hmm. but I, I seen him being carried off by the medical staff. And I didn't see what led up to it, whether it was a, 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 an aerial challenge and he's came back down on his Achilles. I'm, I'm not, not too sure. sure that, given, given the craziness that the last five minutes I missed, missed the, the incident so I have to watch that back if I can but like I say if no one's around him and he, he just pops out like that yeah it's um, not very nice at all and gutted because like I said high hopes for Diego watched him over mm-hmm. pre-season I thought he suits the Premier League down to the ground and exactly what Villa needed a bit of physicality he played well on Saturday as well so gutted gutted yeah I can only take full responsibility for having him down as my player of the year <laughs> cursed him in the pre-season preview, I said he'll be a fan's favourite. He'll be player of the year, and he's played two games for us. It's it's just grim. It's absolutely grim. And um, there's a lot of talk in the comments about replacements and spending money and and what it means for the squad going forward. Uh, kind of touched on what it means for Carlos. It's gutting, isn't it? Potentially misses yeah. a World Cup place again at his age, a, possibly a last World Cup, depending on what happens um, in the next few years after this injury. Um, but yeah, a comment there from Craig overshadows the win. As much as Saturday, it was nice to get all that that positivity well, out Gerard of the way well. and get back to it. M- two days later on Monday, it's you know feel gutted and dejected, and you're wondering what's going to happen against Crystal Palace and, and going forward for the next few months. Yep. Um, we said in the summer about how Villa were a better team straight after the, the, the season ended in, in Carlos and Camaro and Coutinho on a permanent how they're a stronger team for it straight away. It's now back to square one almost. Kamara does look very good and obviously he's still in there. Coutinho, I mean, he's not started the season great. So we've got one new good signing on the pitch now. So all yeah. of a sudden we're thinking, oh, we've got this new spine of Carlos, Kamara, Coutinho a bit further forward. It's it's really ripped that to shreds now. Um, as we said, centre-back was a bit of a concern before Carlos. There was talk, to be fair, that you know Chambers, Mings, and Conter is a decent option. So, do we need a centre half? And obviously, the the, the squad, um, Gerard and Co. decided they did, and Carlos is a step up on those. Yeah. What happens now? Do we stick with what we've got? And it's Mings and Chambers. And Mings looked, you know, kind of back to his best on on Saturday. Yep. Do we Mings. stick with those three into two, or do we go out and recruit another centre half? Yeah, very telling comment from Gerard. He wasn't asked about Diego's injury. He didn't. He didn't reveal it in the BT Sports stuff afterwards. It was based off a transfer question. You're going to be busy, and Gerard went into detail. We'll see. We'll also see about Diego Carlos's injury. So, given his comments there, I think I think one one um, direct replacement. Um, it was 
clear to see Gerard wants wants to improve the centre backs and bolster that that area of the pitch, like you say, increase improve the spine. And yeah, I think they'll go out and get a replacement. Tough to do. Seventeen days left of the window. Who's there who can come in and immediately improve Villa? That'll be the big question now. Johan Langa will be working overtime this week, drawing up a list of, a short list of potential replacements to come in. But yeah, hundred percent. I think Villa will go out and sign a centre back should the right one come available. And yeah, I think I think. I think that's still the case. I think Courtney Horse is still injured. I think he'll head out on loan and then you're down to three there. I don't think Courtney Horse is fancied at the moment, but we'll see with that one. So I think they'll go out and get a direct replacement. They might have to pay through the nose maybe or potential loan. Whether they go back in with Joe Gomez at Liverpool now, loan deal there, but I think Matip's injured. So I can't see Liverpool mm. into conversation with that one. So yeah, busy week for Johan Langer, I think. And um, I fully expect Villa to sign a replacement for sure. In terms of numbers, I agree. Like you say, Hawes will probably end up going out if he gets back fit. You've yeah. then got Mings, who's probably going to start every every week now. Chambers and Conser between those two. And then Feeney is your other choice. He's 16, 17. He's, he's, he can't rely on him to, to be starting games at the centre-half yeah, no if chance. we need him to at this point. It's way too early. So in terms of bodies, yes, we need four centre-backs. I agree with that. It's the level now of, of what, That's it. what the ambition is, what we can get at this stage in the season, who is available. If it's just a body and it's a, a third or fourth choice on loan, we're no better off at the back than we were last season when last season at the back was a concern. So yep. if we want to step up to where we want to be, you know, top 10, top eight, top seven, top six, I mean, it even sounds ridiculous to say it now, we're losing our potentially best centre-half. You've got to replace him with someone who's better than the, the three yes. that are already there and if we do go out and do that and it's 30 million again, 40 million, or we're desperate for it because of the situation and how long's left in the window and we're spending 40, 50 million on the centre half, as much as that's great and we go for it and if we play as Carlos and we applaud the club for doing that, does that then affect our transfer budget for the midfielder that we desperately need and or the striker that we potentially need? Yeah. It's, uh, it's a difficult situation, isn't it? If it, if it is just going to be... Um, alone, like a Joe Gomez, if he's better than everyone who's there and that's alone, you think, oh, that's a decent move. But if it's just a body in there as a backup to be fourth choice or, or potentially third choice, from a, a, a um, on-the-pitch perspective, we're back to Mings and Chambers or Mings and Carlos. Uh, I wish it was Mings and Carlos, Mings and Conza, which is the problems that we had last season. So how would you assess it? Is, is it this big money signing to replace Carlos or is it just getting somebody in to add a fourth body? Interesting. Um, got to, well, we'll replace, you in a second, by the way. Yeah, we're going to replace Diego without with, with an quality and one who will come in and, and start games. I think, I think, I think, Conter and Chambers need pushing and Mings as well. So, yeah, whole, whole level player to come in. What you say, the emphasis on Johan Langer now, the owners, they're they going to really pump, pump money into it. Um, but I think, I think the centre back situation, I think that, that overtakes the, the midfield, midfielder search now, Dan. Yeah. That, that takes precedent given Diego's injury, so it's an area that Gerard will want to strengthen there. And and yeah, we'll see what the owners can do in terms in terms of money wise and investing. And uh, like you say, Langer will be very busy this week. So names, I haven't heard any any, any yet. I think that's, that's kicked into gear now. So I, I don't, I'm not too sure who who they'll be targeting. But um, yeah, answering your question, it's got to be real quality. A starter to come in and, and really yeah. improve Villa. 
I think so. If I was, you know, if I was playing football manager here, I'd be going. I need a, someone to start. Carlos was starting. We spent big money. We've got to replace it. Just getting a fourth mm. body in, and it's you know somebody's backup centre back who's going to be our backup centre back. Doesn't, yep. doesn't make any sense. The midfield thing is a disappointment, and again feels a bit peak Villa because we're always talking about we need another number eight. We need someone in there, but now centre half has to take priority. And I might be right in saying Douglas Luiz didn't even come off the bench today on Saturday. So did he? I don't know what he did. Anyway, if he did, he didn't start, did he? So you got someone in Douglas Louise there as an option in, midf- in midfield to come on and change things. Sanson's still around, who I don't think's fancied. No. Um, whereas at centre half, there's nothing. So centre half has to be the priority now. They have to go and spend some money. Um, I'll give you two names that have come from the comments, or one has. First one, Nathan Ake, linked with earlier in the summer. I think he was linked with Chelsea as well. He's still yep. at Man City, not gone anywhere. They paid big money for him, and I think would want. Big money for him still. Yeah. 25, 30 million. And then the other one, which has come from the comments, which is a decent shout to be fair, but I don't know whether it would happen. John Stones. Stones. Also Man Ake. City. Stones yeah. Aki, Aki Stones started the weekend, didn't they? I did it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Stones in, the, in a World Cup year, needing to play football. Stones and Mings as a back two. You could see that. Yeah, you could see that. Um, Stones was on the bench and he commanded me, but I don't think Man City would be willing to sell. I think Gerard will have to come good in terms of conversations again and, and persuade, level, levels of persuasion. But Aki and Stones, yeah, interesting shapes from Man City. <laughs> I was about to say who would have been second choice if Carlos didn't go through, and it was James Tarkovsky, wasn't it? <laughs> was he was, so. Typical. Um, whoever else was up for grabs in the centre half department when they're going for Carlos, well, they'll now have to. Maybe go back for them, or yeah, it is a new name. I do think Chambers, Conson, Mings is a decent three to go into if we're only playing two at the back. Yeah, we do need the depth there, but they've clearly identified that centre half was a problem, and they've signed Carlos, so they now have to replace Carlos again. Exactly, with a 25, 30 million, 40 million pound player. I don't know who that is. I do think uh, Stones is a decent, a decent shout. I like him as a player. Whether Stones leaves Man City on loan, I'm it. not no. so sure. Can't see whether we can afford to buy him, whether you want to leave Man City. Again, not sure on that. Gomez at Liverpool, like you said, Liverpool got problems at the back. So I don't see that either. He's just signed a new contract, so we're not going to have to buy him. That would only be a loan. <sighs> Ake, Someone... don't mind mm. Ake, but if he's getting minutes at Man City again, it's not going to happen either. So is it going to be somebody who's a centre-back, centre-half now, who's maybe out of favour at their club? Um, or are we going to be on the European market and it'll be somebody that you know we've maybe not even heard of? Yeah, someone Johan Langer's worked with before. I think Victor Nelson at Galatasaray, he's continued to be linked. He's worked with Langer at Copenhagen. Um, he's a name that's been always linked with Villa uh, over, the, over recent windows. Yeah, in the European market. But I, can't see Villa, I can't see Villa breaking a, a club record on a, on a new centre-back. I can't see mm. that happening. Over, over £40 million and then you're spending... Best part of seventy million pound on two centre backs. One of them injured at the moment. I can't see that happening. I think Villa will have to move clever. They'll have to have analyse it properly and and hopefully pick up a gem. Um, and, and yeah, and hopefully, you know, like you say, pick up a, a good signing and one who can and, and step in straight away. So yeah, I think big emphasis now on Concert and Chambers to really kick on and show their worth to the team. And yeah, in, in terms of names, Aki and Stones. Decent little shouts and those that are on the on the periphery of Premier League squads at the moment, so not getting much minutes that, that they'll be looked at. Um, yeah, interesting. Love to be on a fly on the wall in, in the recruitment room this week. Uh, but yeah, 
Um, we'll, see, we'll, see, we'll see what plays out. I think I, I think we could expect one sooner rather than later. I don't know if Villa want to leave it too late. Um, so over the next couple of weeks, obviously Tom's running out now. So yeah, interesting, interesting next next couple of weeks, Dan, to say the least. Yeah, it's, it's depressing, isn't it? <laughs> just it is, yeah. Think about it now, because you know, even just for the immediate short term, what happens at Crystal Palace? Yeah, because if we sign somebody in the next couple of days, are they going to come straight in and then start against Crystal Palace? Can't it's just a terrible. I mean, there's no there's no good time for your you know centre half to get an Achilles injury, but two games into the season with the transfer window running down, uh, you know whatever happens now, it's it's not ideal, is it? It's not what they planned for. But whoever we end up getting. No. Um, we're at a time now where clubs are desperate to get rid of their deadwood, so we might end up with somebody who's maybe not match fit or not ready to go. Um, and nobody who is any good is going to want to sell their players two games into a new season either. So it's either going to be a loan for somebody who's not playing much and needs minutes ahead of a World Cup, yeah, which I think is fine if, if the quality's there. I just don't really, I mean, obviously, we have to go with whatever the club do decide, but I don't, I'd be disappointed if it was just some five million defender who's going to be fourth choice. I don't think that's good enough. I mean, could, 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 could see another Callum Chambers situation come out of nowhere and no one's seen that. And you know what I mean? Mm. When that came about, and he's done, he's done well when, when called upon Callum. So, someone of that ilk, I'd, I'd probably say if it's the bill at the moment, but I, I can't see Villa spending £40 million on a new, new centre back to come in because clubs at the moment, the, la, the last uh, player that I'll be wanting to sell is just their starting centre back. That is that is one hundred percent sure. So yeah. Villa will have to pay through the nose, and I think clubs will be reluctant to sell that the, 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 the one one of their two starting centre backs. So tough market but to crack that one, especially late on in the window. If you flip this around to to Newcastle and they signed Botman, didn't they this summer? If he just yep. got injured, then they were linked with Tyra Mings in the summer, and Tyra Mings is starting for us now. If Newcastle came to us and was like, "We want to buy Tyra Mings because our new centre half just got injured," we'd be saying, "We don't want to sell him for sixty exactly. million." Yeah. That's not to say timings is worth sixty million, but no club is going to want to sell someone who's starting. No. So it's going to be somebody who's in the periphery of a squad, not getting minutes and oh, needs minutes so. ahead of, ahead of the international tournament this this winter, which is twelve games away or something, ten games away, Premier League games. Um, so whoever does come in will have a point to point to prove and be raring to go. It's just fitness and stuff like that that's a concern. And if they're out of favour with the selling club, then are they good enough to do starting for us if we want to be reaching the, the heights of top eight? Um, Kamara at centre back played there uh, Bournemouth in the second half was it last week he dropped um, in didn't he at times he had he some minutes in. at centre half in his younger days but this he, is just he, he wasn't brought in for that round yeah. he solved the problem in at number six he could yeah. drop back there if we were absolutely desperate but that's it I'm just thinking of the white if you think Chambers and Mings are good enough to, to get us through the season with Kamara dropping back and into a back three or whatever at times to help out and he still then spends some money on your number eight. I mean, people will say things like, our, our owners are loaded, spend 40 million on a centre-half and 40 million on, and on a number eight as well. But it's FFP, isn't it? It's stuff like that. You can't just spend money because they've got it. It, it. I think it will be one or the other now. If we sign a centre-half, I don't see us signing a midfielder. No. Unless That's you sign a centre-half and loan a midfielder, like a Conor Gallagher on loan or something like that. I don't know. It's a mess, isn't it, really? I can't see that, no. Um. I messaged Matt, uh, Pat earlier saying I know he's looking into any backup options at centre-half and I said any names for a new centre-back yet and he's put none so far. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it, isn't it, for... for um, Who comes in on Saturday at Palace for, for you, Dan? I'd have Chambers starting now. Chambers, first start Chambers of the season, and, yeah. Chambers and Mings together, I think. Conte did, yeah, did do nothing for Bournemouth, did he? 
No, I think if you've given him a chance, you've got to give Chambers a chance if, you, if it's one or the other. So I'd say it's yeah, Chambers shirt at, the, at the weekend. Yeah. Um, it's coming from Shawnee, which is slightly slightly positive. He says, look what Everton did with Cody. It can be done in terms of signing a, a starter elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, Cody would be a, Cody would have been a decent shout, to be honest. Cody and Mings, is, I mean, we'd have to have played a back three for him. But yeah, it can be done. I suppose it can be done. Um, I just wanted to finish with your... Some thoughts on Bournemouth. Uh, Bournemouth, definitely not Bournemouth. Thoughts on definitely Everton. Definitely not Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah, Bournemouth there happened. I started the uh, the, the uh, show on Saturday by saying, oh, it's disappointing to lose our last pre-season game against Bournemouth, but the real stuff started today with the Everton <laughs> win. Let's just think it was pre-season and get it over with. Um, yeah, obviously me and Matt did the Everton one. So just some, some thoughts, some positive thoughts, hopefully on, on the game itself. Um, how did you see it? Yeah, good, good atmosphere down there, Dan, for you. Yeah, it's all right. Well, it was wasn't good... in the sunshine, very hot. Mm, yeah, very hot. We well, luckily the Trinity was in the shade. I feel sorry for people in the, the lower north and the lower Doug Ellis mm. in the baking hot sun all day. Didn't like the stuff that I've seen afterwards about running out of drinks and no water and yeah. queues and stuff. I mean, not good, is on. it? Got to be better than that. On a Basics. it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It, uh, I think other Premier League clubs with handing out bottles of water for free as well, which is quite good. Didn't you take, can't take a, a drink in, can you? Because of the bottle caps and all these kind of stuff, and it's just like. It's dangerous to be out in that level of heat without fluids, and you've got people who are old, you know, like my granddad was there, he's 90. Like, 90, come see? Come on. You know, it's got a water, you know, refilling a water bottle, or if you buy a bottle of Coke, go and refill it on a little pump yeah. or something. There's got to be yeah. better things, better infrastructure. We're going to see hotter weather every single year, every single summer from now on. Exactly. I've never seen so many people in shorts at Villa Park. I, I like Villa Park in the sun, it looks nice, doesn't it? Loads of different colours in the stands and stuff. People yeah. just wearing t shirts instead of black and navy coats and jumpers. Yes. Um, I like Villa Park on a match day, but it being 35 degrees and no access to even buying drinks because they've run out early, you can't no. be better prepared than that. Oh. Not good. It's not good enough. Um, no. I said we'd let's have some positives on the game. I've just ranted about lacking water. Um, yeah, the game was decent. I thought the atmosphere was decent in places. There's times where it kind of ebbed and flowed, which is to be to be expected. Yep. And that last 10 minutes made it far more difficult than it ever needed to be. Um but yeah, decent, good to get the win. That was all I was really bothered about. If it was a one nil scrappy, yeah. you know, off the off someone's backside, I'd have taken that because it was just about getting that first three points on the board for me. But I thought the performance was pretty decent to go along with it as well. Good, good uh, cameo from Buendia from off the bench as well. He really picked mm. it up, didn't he? When he came on and Kamara as well. Done first time you've seen him live. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I said I said on Saturday next level. I think he's. I think he could appear in terms of our midfielders, and the rest of them are, are down here, and we need so. somebody who's a bit, you know, in between the two. Yeah. Um, or obviously as good as Kamara is the ideal, but better than what we've got, and maybe not as good as him. I think he's. I think he's by far our, our best midfielder. I don't think it's even close. Mm. Um, I said in our preseason thing that it'll be Villa's player uh, signing of the of the year, and could be a shout for Premier League signing of the year. I think he'll be that influential. Yeah. He just made it look easy. And I know Everton who are going to struggle the season isn't the best barometer of it, but he still looked classy in all the right places. And going forward, he, he solves that midfield issue. So certainly not going to see him drop into centre-half. No. Um, but yeah, decent. What do you think of Buendia Saturday then? Would you be starting him now? I would be starting him, yeah. Um, like Coutinho struggled, struggled a little bit again. Um mm. Probably needs needs taking out the firing line as such away from home as well. I think I prefer Buendia in there. Plays a quite physical side. I think Buendia and I'll be champing at the bit and bit of momentum going into that one. So I'll be starting Buendia on Saturday down at Sellers Park. Um, system be interesting if Gerard shapes with a, a two man front line again. I thought Ali Watkins got a bit of his mojo back. Um, 
Well, he, was, he was good on Saturday, two assists, obviously. He just needs a goal now, Ollie. Um, mm. Yeah, be interesting to see what Gerard does on Saturday. I think I think on with you, Chambers comes in for Diego. I, I, I put Wendy instead of Coutinho. And um, I wonder if he'll keep the same system. We'll see. Uh, I, I yeah. think that system's fine. I think it's we've talked a lot about you know, horses for courses and changing up. Something like, like there was a, uh, I wasn't on Twitter on pre-match, but there was a, a bit of a breakdown, a bit of a meltdown. I know Leon Bailey, best player in pre-season, Came on not and playing well. this different yeah. system. I like the talk front at times. I think it's fine. Ings, Ings, Ings looked decent. Watkins, I thought his hold-up play was better at times. I managed to do it on Saturday, and the, the clip I've seen since is, I think it was Ming's long ball, and he brought yeah. it on his head, and then on, on his feet, and turned inside. I thought, oh, I was like physically took, I was like taken aback. So, oh, that was yeah. better from Watkins. Like he held the ball. That's a bit more there. confident for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think he looks better. Buendia, he was warming up right in front of me, and he's serious, stern face all the way through. And I was thinking. If he comes on, he's going to get sent off. Like he looks, he looks fired up. Come on, he comes on and scores the winner instead. Um, he's got to start, hasn't he? I think. Yeah, we've yeah. talked about like it being a squad game of five subs and blah blah blah. And you know, if they, if someone comes off the bench to win the game, you've won the game. So let's not worry about it. But let's let's win the game at half time instead. <laughs> let's have Brendan start and be three and three and up half time. Not worry about it. Like let's kill the game off. You, yeah, Gerald's um, response. You don't pick the team, do you? It's quite good on Saturday. <laughs> but the, the, the question was quite wasn't far. I don't think it was from a journalist. I think it was someone sitting in. I think he said to Stephen, he said, uh, "You got to pick. Uh, you got to pick Emmy Brendan now, haven't you?" Because you don't pick the team, do you? Big tongue in cheek, it was. <laughs> but uh, Gerald has been has been protecting Brendan. He had an injury off the back of the behind closed doors game against Fulham. Yeah. And he was, yeah, yeah. I think his training performances dipped, dipped as well ahead of Bournemouth. So Katina got the nod, got the got the nod then, and uh, yeah, I think Wendy's full, fully fit and firing now. So Gerard has been protecting him. He didn't, like you say, don't Wendy uh, being being shut down with an injury, do you? So I think Gerard taking the right call there. So we'll see. I think he'll come in on Saturday for sure. I hope we've had the last of our injuries this season now. Right. We've had one big one, and that's it. If if we get one elsewhere, we're we're seriously in trouble. Um, I just want to get your thoughts quickly on Coutinho as well. Yeah. And what I don't want to phrase this as what do you think's happened to him, but I can't think of a better way to phrase it. He, he's had these moments where he looks like a serious match winner and a little bit of a diamond in there and, and can do something out of nothing. But it's one good game, two bad games, one good game, two bad games, and then 10 average games at best on being a rose. He's not done anything for ages and still gets the nod. Everyone's frustrated that Buendia doesn't get in there. Um there's a lot of talk in our comments after the the um, after Saturday saying for Brendier he's had Norwich and now he's like at the big club and this is his moment to shine. Whereas Coutinho's had Liverpool, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and now he's at Aston Villa. And is that like a, a no, downgrade? Oh, I'm at Aston that. Villa now. Like what what's happened to me? Um, no. But last year he did look good. He had he had moments and spells where you think there's a decent player in there, and you do kind of always think, well, how can we not start Philippe Coutinho? Look like, look who it is. Emmy Buendia sat on the bench, raring to go. So it, it's one of those that we keep saying it's a good problem to have. And if one of them comes off the bench to win the game, you can't really argue, I guess. Yeah, I mean, go, go to the last game of the last season, Man City, or what, what Coutinho did there. Mm, yeah. um, fantastic goal, what he can do, the quality he has. I think he's struggling a little bit at the moment. I know he's only two games in. And the Bournemouth game was a bit of a, bit of a wake-up call for him. Mm. And then I think he's struggling off the back of that confidence-wise. He didn't get on the ball as much on Saturday. I'm looking. I was looking at him as well. I said, "Go on, pick up the ball. Pick up the ball." He's, he's turning away. He's running away. When Luca Dean and Ramsey's were looking for players to come and play with, he, he turned away and 
he was looking for the second balls from the long balls, if you know what I mean. So I think he, I think his confidence has taken a hit. Um, and he's no, no no goals or no assists now in his last seven home games, and that, that's quite a worry. And I know for me as well, given given Coutinho's impact at home when he first came into the team. So. Yeah, more questions than answers over Philippe at the moment. I know Gerard backs him to the hilt. Um, I don't think it's a case of, oh, I'll play for Barcelona. I've done it now. This is, I'm coming, no, I'm coming down a peg. Not at all. So I think his confidence is taking a hit. I think he could do it coming out of the 11. I think probably could make a better impact late on in a game. Tired legs, tired minds. A sharp mm. Coutinho could come on and, and win a game for us. So look, nice problems to have. But yeah, I've got my concerns over Philippe at the moment. We'll see how the next few games roll out. You've got some, I'll say, got Arsenal's and your West Ham's and, and Man City's to come. So it'd be interesting to see if he starts against them. But yeah, but away from home, Palace physical side, I think Wendell would be, be my option to come in. No, no, no real concerns over Philippe at the moment, but it's an area you're looking at. You need a bit more from him. Hmm. Are, you, are you a little bit concerned? Concerns maybe not the right word, but we're expected to break everything down, weren't we, on Saturday? They're happy yeah. to, have, to have possession. Uh, same as Bournemouth to, to an extent. They were side that uh, are going to be down there. So I didn't think they offered anything really, especially going forward. But when the onus is on us to break teams down, you kind of think, what are we doing here? It's Mings to Dean to Ramsey to Dean, yeah, to Mings, yeah, to yeah, Dean, yeah, to Ramsey, yeah. to McGinn, to Cash, to McGinn, to Cash. And it's just like, exactly. do something. Like, what, it's just back and forth on the on the sideline and not really doing anything. Yeah, Coutinho um, didn't get on the ball enough. He was, it wasn't showing either. And then when you do run into the box, there was times when I'm thinking, shoot. All right, shoot now then. Okay, shoot now. Like, take something, <laughs> do something. It's just a little bit frustrating at times that we don't seem to have that spark out of nowhere that someone's just going to make something happen, which is what Coutinho should be. When Bundia comes on, you think, he will make something happen out of nowhere here. He'll make amazing runs. He'll, he'll barge yeah. someone off and it, it'll look like, oh my God, okay, something's about to happen here. Um, it feels a little bit like we're trying to walk it in a bit too much sometimes. Yeah. Like just t- take the pot shot from the edge of the box sometimes and get a corner off it and, and try and keep up the pressure instead of it just coming back against you. Yeah. Um, but the flip side of that is I think if we're playing a team, and this will happen probably most weeks more so than the other way around, where we're, we're under pressure a little bit and we have the op- opportunity to counter-attack, I think we'll be better on the counter, especially if it's two up front with Watkins and you can play a long ball up and chase it into the channels and you've got support from somebody running into the box to, uh, late, like a McGeehan or, or Ramsey or whoever. Yeah. So are you a little bit concerned that it still looks like we can't break a team down when, when the onus is on us to do so? Yeah, a little bit. I think it's much better on Saturday against Everton. It's late in the second half, Ollie Watkins done a one-on-one at a tight angle to get that. Mm. Um, but yeah, creativity-wise... Yeah, there's work to do there. I think Gerard alluded to that in his, in his post-match as well. Um, didn't have too many clear-cut chances against the Everton side who were happy to be camped in. Um, so, yeah, an area of concern at the moment, but it's going long quite a lot, isn't it? Back to cash and, and people like that. But, yeah, well, I'm sure we will get there. Uh, Buendia injected some some life into that, that number mm. 10 area on Saturday, which was good. So, more of the same, please. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, we'll, we'll uh, look ahead to Palace later in the week after the presser and stuff and pick a, a predicted lineup and all those kind of things. Um, if Villa do do some business, um, either at centre half or otherwise in the week, then we'll jump on and, and chat about that as well. But if not, we'll we'll, we'll catch up again on uh, on Friday. Uh, just quickly, yeah, XG was good. Uh, XG is like the third best in the league, I think, after Man City and I don't know who the other was, Liverpool potentially. I saw a start, it was somebody, Man City, and we were third. And people say XG is a load of nonsense, but it's a good positive underlying start to have that we are creating some decent chances and 
It's one of those that you'd say on another day. Another day against Everton, we win that 3-0 because we did have the chances to do so and could have killed the game off. But yeah, just that lacking that killer touch or that, that killer ball at the, at the end sometimes isn't isn't quite there. Yeah, um, we're, uh, the top six at the moment for XG across the two games. So okay. yeah, we're above your Liverpools and and people like that. So yeah, interesting interesting way to look. I know, I know Dean Smith was massive on XG. He mm-hmm. really was. Um, so yeah, need to be a bit more ruthless, don't we? Because at that final ten minutes on Saturday, should have been out of sight really. But. Um, yeah, I saw I saw a comment on this earlier, and I don't want it to like be a, a, a dig at Gerard because I'm not meaning it like that. But the comment was that if we'd have shut the game down better on Saturday, Diego Carlos doesn't get injured. Mm. And it's like it's this weird kind of butterfly effect thing that if we go two nil up and make a couple of changes or three nil up, we yeah. don't have that frantic frantic end to the game, and Diego Carlos is still is still injury free. It's one of those weird things. It's I'm not going to level that at Gerard. It's just a freak accident. These kind of things happen. Uh, it could have happened at any point, so. But I kind of agree. We have got to be better at killing off games and and not having those frantic finishes because we quite easily could have thrown that away two all from a two 0 lead, and it's a very different uh-huh. conversation. And so, yeah. you you have got to be better than that in, in some aspects. But yeah, yeah, I wanted to try and remain upbeat. Episode 114 of the podcast was reasons for optimism. Episode 115 has been quite the opposite reasons <laughs> for pessimism and being downheartened and stuff. But we go again on Saturday. Crystal Palace, and if we get something there, I think it's a, a decent start to the season. Yeah, um, Ash, thanks for joining me. You and me will catch up again on Friday. Like I said, if anything breaks, a Douglas Louise contract announcement, maybe a new signing. If anything like that happens this week, we'll, we'll do another pod. But if not, it'll be Friday. So thanks everyone for watching. We'll okay. see you again soon. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the villa. <laughs> <laughs>